This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Come on in, everybody. It's the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report, and greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly. Got a busy Wednesday lined up for you here as we are talking Pelicans and Saints. Big morning this morning at the NFL owners meetings in Boca Raton, Florida. Sean Payton spoke to the media for a good amount of time. And our own John DeShazia was there. He will join us here shortly to recap that press conference. Big news coming out of it with a contract extension uh, in hand for head coach Sean Payton. Uh, Coach's thoughts also on the offseason moves made already, and and perhaps some thoughts about what the Saints will be looking for in the upcoming NFL draft. So John is all set to go. He'll join us here shortly. We'll discuss uh, Coach Payton's press conference and some of the other news coming out of the NFL owners' meetings. It's uh, been a very productive visit, I think, for John, and uh, I'm excited to have him on today. It's also a Wesley Wednesday, which means David Wesley will stop by and talk Pelicans basketball. Twelve games to go. Last night, the homestand ended with a 113-99 loss to the Miami Heat, who are playing about as good as basketball as you can get coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, Miami now 41-29, and and the Pelicans fall to 26-44. and And obviously, there's been a ton of news off the floor this week as well for the Pelicans. And so David Wesley uh, on a Wesley Wednesday here in just a moment prior to heading to the airport uh, for a road game at Indiana tomorrow night. So we've got a busy Wednesday. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll begin today's conversations with John DeShazer from Boca Raton, Florida, in just a moment. If you haven't experienced our new and improved Sideline Premier Seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline Premier Seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. All right, time now to hook up with John DeShazer, who joins us from Boca Raton, Florida, at the NFL owners' meetings. Uh, John, we've missed you the last couple of days. How are you? Well, I'm great. It's always good to be missed, as opposed to not being missed, so that's a good thing. 
Yes, you had an early start to your day. The NFC coaches had their breakfast meeting this morning, bright and early, and uh, we got some significant news out of that, didn't we? Yeah, um, Coach Payton kind of kind of dropped it casually. Coach Sean Payton of the Saints, obviously, uh, dropped it real casual, like that he's got a five-year uh, agreed to a five-year extension with the Saints. Uh, going to run through 2020 the season, and uh, yeah, huge news. He was just kind of like, well, I've got my briefcase here somewhere, and I've got a contract in there, and we were like, whoa, wait. <laughs> and that was about uh, about 30 minutes into his into his news conference, so. Yeah, it was pretty significant. Um, you know, you heard a lot of speculation toward the end of the season. You know, will he stay or will he go and all that kind of thing. And, you know, he had said a few times during the season that he uh, didn't anticipate being anywhere except with the Saints. And then at the conclusion of the season, said the same thing. And, and then he said, you know, he expected a contract extension. But, of course, you know, no one was expecting uh, an announcement on it. And usually those things are pretty quiet. But, yeah, you know, he just kind of casual like slid it in there and, and there you go. He and, and uh, General Manager Nicky Loomis and uh, Saints President Dennis Lauscher worked it out. John, this this represents uh, obviously a lot of a lot of things. Um, one of which would be probably and and help me on my Saints history here, unprecedented stability at the head coach's position, wouldn't it? Yeah, he he is he is now. I mean, Jim Moore uh, lasted uh, pretty much eleven seasons, I think. So yeah, he will be he'll be unprecedented. This will take him into the 15 seasons, 14 as the coach because, you know, you had the year suspension. But, yeah, the Saints have never had this kind of stability at the top. Um, obviously, they've not ever been this successful uh, for this long a stretch. So a lot of good things happening from that standpoint. I mean, he has said uh, previously, you know, you like you like the ownership, you like the general manager, you like the relationship. So, you know, it's one of the better, better hierarchies from that standpoint in the league. Uh, from what we understand, I mean, we see a lot of dysfunctionalities going on around the league. Uh, you don't have that in the, in the Saints hierarchy. You know exactly what the picking order is and, and what the working conditions are. So, you know, yeah, it'll be unprecedented. 15 years uh, as head coach, and I mean, I think there are only maybe one or two coaches who are longer tenured in the league, including uh, Bill Belichick in New England and, and maybe Mike McCarthy at Green Bay and, and a couple other guys. But, you know, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty much uh, it's unprecedented in the, in the history of this franchise. We've seen a lot of turnover, and now you're going to have a guy who's going to be in the seat for 15 years. John, I know the news is still relatively fresh, but what else what else popped into your mind when uh, when that was when that announcement, if you will, was made? Well, I mean, the first thing is it makes you think is that um, you know he's in it for the long haul. Whether or not whether or not Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback of the Saints. Uh, we don't know if Drew's going to last to 2020 or not. We know he says he wants to play into his 40s, and that was certainly taken into his 40s. But, you know, it looks like Coach Payton, you know, not only is in it for the long haul, but he believes that the Saints are in a position where they can compete for the long haul. And that's the main thing. I mean, I think one of the things he said at the end of his uh, season-ending press conference that was that was was uh, notable was that there's never been a better time to win in the National Football League. And I think by that he meant, you know, there's never been a better time to to go from seven and nine as the Saints were last season to maybe eleven and five or ten and six or whatever, and jump back into the playoff picture uh, because of the parity and because of the way the league is structured, you know, it's not to say that it's easy to get back into the playoffs, but uh, certainly I think it's not, uh, you know not as as difficult 
as it was before you had the kind of player movement that you had and, and, and now you can you know you can add players through the draft and free agency and, and weaken other teams as well as strengthen yours. So I think he believes that the Saints are ripe to be, you know, contenders for the next several years. And I think that's the thing that stood out the most. John, how long did Coach Payton speak this morning? Uh, he went roughly an hour. Uh, he came a little bit late, and uh, you know the media, as it as it is wont to do, uh, did a little belly aching about it, but um, of course privately <laughs> behind his back. But I mean, he got there. He stayed. You know, it was scheduled for an hour. He stayed the full hour, answered every question. Uh, you know, addressed some questions about former Saints like Benjamin Watson going to the Ravens and the you know, potential of Josh Hill going to the Chicago Bears. He signed an offer sheet there as a tight end. And uh, talked about the free agent linebackers that the Saints have added, including James Laurinaitis. And uh, so, you know, he, he addressed everything that was thrown on the table. We'll be sharing some of the highlights of that full hour uh, over the next couple of days here on Black and Blue Report. But, John, if you were to pick out the highlights, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the things that he talked about. What did he say about some of those issues that you're able to share with us this morning? Well, I think uh, the interesting thing about linebacker is with Lauren Ides coming in, now Stefan Anthony, the, the guy who started at middle linebacker as a rookie, he very well could move to the Sam linebacker because you have Lauren Ides, the guy who's accustomed to playing not only not just playing middle linebacker, but playing at a high level. Uh, started seven years, and every game he played for the Rams is the all-time leading tackler in the history you know, of the Rams franchise. So he's a guy who can step in at the middle, maybe move Steph Anthony, to the Sam linebacker, and then he said, you know, now you, it will have to be determined whether, you know, Steph is the guy who plays closer to the line or if he plays off the line. And if the Laronitis uh, experiment does not work, if it doesn't go as, as well as planned, you can always put Steph Anthony back in the middle. But he said, you know, as a rookie handling those duties, it might have been a little bit much to ask of a first-year player. Also, he said, you know, he, he mentioned that uh, in this draft, they hope to get, you know, help as a rush in, and they hope to get uh, – uh, help as a three-technique alignment. So they're looking at guys to help out the front seven. Sounds like he's actually pretty satisfied with what they have in the secondary. You know, you got the young guys who were injured and didn't play last year. You got Keenan Lewis coming back. Uh, P.J. Williams, we know, got injured last year, didn't play last year, but they were high on him. Damian Swan had the three concussions, uh, and he played well when he did play last year, but had the three concussions. He's been cleared. He seems to be fine, and they have high hopes on him. Uh, again, I mentioned Keenan Lewis is coming back, so they feel pretty good in the secondary, but they're looking for help in the draft at that front seven if, if they must position. But he also mentioned that the top three receivers, you got Brandon Cook, you got Willie Sneed, you got Brandon Coleman. And he's saying, look, we've got some people behind them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we won't take a guy in this draft because they believe there might be help at receiver in this draft for them also. So uh, a lot of things he threw on the table that uh, – that, uh, that were pretty forthcoming. Interesting. What did he have to say about his new tight end, Kobe Fleener? Uh, loves him as a receiver, and he believes that Kobe Fleener um, is a is as good a route runner as you'll find at, at at tight end. He believes he's a guy who will be able to get more vertical uh, than he was able to maybe do in Indianapolis, and and not to say he couldn't in Indianapolis, maybe he just wasn't called upon to do it. But he said that um, you know he's a guy who gets open. He can get vertical, and he he believes they will upgrade the receiving portion of the tight end position with Lena. Uh, liked him a lot. They saw the last two years of tape on him, and uh, everything they threw in his direction he caught, and he really liked him as a route runner. You mentioned that he gave us a little bit of a preview of maybe perhaps 
what the Saints will be looking at in the draft, and that's kind of the next thing on the calendar. But as far as the rest of the offseason goes, John, and, and maybe even to training camp, did Coach Payton offer anything, tip his hat to perhaps any changes that he'll still make this offseason or, or what he'd like to get out of it? Well, I mean, you know, we got to pay attention to the guard position. They're still looking for some depth at guard, but let's not forget, um, they like Andrew Pitman. He started some games at guard last year, and they believe that Zach Spreef, uh was slowed by injury last year, but a couple of years ago he played at an extremely high level. And so their belief is that, you know, you just want to get the best five linemen on the field. Andrew Peake might be one of those guys, and he might be playing at right guard, and he might be playing at left guard. It depends on what happens with Tim Lolito, who finished out the season pretty strong, and Senio Calamente is back. They were looking for a guard early in free agency, weren't able to get, you know, maybe the guy that they identified, and then Fleener popped open, and that was when they went after Fleener. And, but also pay attention to the secondary phase of free agency. You know, the, the, the first week, and week, week and a half is always the splashy phase where the big contracts are awarded and guys get the huge money. But a lot of times it's the secondary guys who aren't able to get maybe what they feel like they're worth and they got to wait a little bit longer and their price comes down. Some of those guys you're able to get and be able to work with them. Uh, also mentioned, uh, Coach Payton mentioned that the, the talks with Drew Brees are ongoing. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but, you know, we're not exactly sure how that's going to go, but he said those talks are ongoing. He was pretty encouraged about it. Uh, feels like Drew Brees obviously is playing at a high level, as he did last season, and can continue to play, play at a high level. I guess Coach Payton was probably pleased that uh, the Los Angeles Rams will be the focus of hard knocks on HBO this summer as opposed to the Saints. Well, he didn't know it at the time. His uh, his his uh, you know reply was, you know, yeah, they might come after us, but it's going to be hard to pass up that Ryan Brothers combo in Buffalo. So he thought it might might actually go to Buffalo. But uh, yeah, you you know, um, the Saints are not real fans of, of being a. They were not really thrilled with being potentially uh, the target of. Or, or I don't want to say the target, the 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 subject of hard knocks. So to not have that on their plate and and not worry about it and not be concerned about it, I'm sure. You know, probably in a huge fire of relief because I can't imagine that they were going to bend over backwards, killing themselves to accommodate hard knocks. But, you know, just, it's just one less thing, one less distraction to have to worry about. And uh, so, yeah, they, I don't think they were looking, looking forward to it in any way, shape, or form. And uh, now they don't have to deal with it. All right. John DeShazer is with us here from uh, NewOrleansSaints.com. He's at the NFL owners' meetings here for just another little bit before returning to New Orleans and uh, rejoining us on the Pelican side of uh, the broadcast on Saturday night. Uh, John, a couple other notes from the NFL owners' meetings. We've got a couple of rule changes that will immediately take effect this season, don't we? Yeah, I think uh, I guess the one of note to Saints fans is the, uh, the, the, the awarding of the uh, phantom timeout against Detroit, which ended up helping cost the Saints that game. Well, if you do that now, if the officials award you the timeout, it'll be a delay of game and a five-yard penalty. If they and if they know you don't have any timeouts and you're signaling for a timeout, they're supposed to just ignore you and continue playing ball. Uh, we know that differs from the NBA because if you call a timeout you don't have, they give you a technical foul, uh, and they don't uh, say, "Hey, we're just going to ignore you." They acknowledge it and give you the technical foul. But in the NFL, they won't acknowledge you if you don't have one. So, you know, that's one. Uh, the 15, the the PAT has been moved back permanently to the 15. I think the coaches apparently like that. And so uh, they don't want to go back to the two-yard line on the PAT. They're going to stay at the 15, and you know you still have all those rules intact that go along with that. Good stuff. We'll be sharing a lot of that Coach Payton press conference with uh, with the listeners. You'll be able to hear 
from Coach Payton himself over the next couple of days. John, of course, will be wrapping up uh, his coverage there at NewOrleansSaints.com uh, starting later today and uh, ongoing throughout the week. Safe travels home, John. Sounds like it was a productive visit to the NFL owners' meetings. Yeah, um, a lot more came out of it than I was expecting, to be honest with you. Um, we, you know, we, and in journalism, you know how we say, you know, you bury the lead. Well, you know, Coach mentions the contract extension about 30 minutes in, and we're like, whoa, wait, hold it, hold it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was fairly major, even though it was, it was even though it was somewhat expected, but the uh, I guess the formality of it uh, kind of made it pretty big, and and it turned out to be a pretty productive day, and a lot of stuff happening with the Saints that uh, that's newsworthy and worth talking about, and. You know, some of the moves they're making or trying to make. We knew it would be an important offseason. And as you just mentioned, it's uh, it's proven itself out. And there's still a ways to go, that's for sure. John, as always, thanks. And uh, we'll see you when we get back. Looking forward to getting home and calling a couple hoops games and getting back on the road. No doubt. We'll be uh, churning away. We're down to it on that side, too. 12 to go, as a matter of fact. Speaking of basketball, we're going to check in with David Wesley here in just a second. A Wesley Wednesday on the Pelican side after these messages. For fast relief Summer's coming and Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keeps offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keeps and we'll get you cool in three hours or less, guaranteed. Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keeps. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Join us at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, March 26th at 6 p.m. when your New Orleans Pelicans tip off against the Toronto Raptors. Come out early for Pelicans Fest. The fun starts at 4.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Speaking of the Pelicans Dance Team, it's Dance Team Night, and the first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a Dance Team poster. Tickets start as low as $21, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, first John DeJazer, now David Wesley. It is truly a great Wednesday, a Wesley Wednesday at that as we turn our attention out of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, David, good morning. Welcome in. Good morning. Good morning. It is a, it is a nice Wednesday outside. Yes, indeed. I guess it's perfect for travel to Indianapolis. We'll talk about more of that in a moment. Uh, first, though, perhaps your thoughts on, on last night's game against the Miami Heat. Uh, how'd, you, uh, how'd you leave the arena last night? Well, obviously, uh, they're shorthanded. And, um, the game they played a few nights ago uh, when they beat the Clippers, I mean, that's, that's to be expected. Those guys are going to come out. They're going to play hard. But there's just not enough out there to win games consistently. I realize that these guys are thrust into a role to play longer minutes 
better than they've ever done it at a higher level than they they've done it for that that stretch of time, and it's just not it's just not possible. And they're going to play good games, and they're going to play hard. I like the way they play together. I, you know, I just think that at times it's going to be okay. How do we score? How do we defend? And and the defense from the beginning of the year just hasn't been where it needs to be in order to win games down the stretch or, or get stops when you need them and things like that. So I thought the effort was good. I thought they, they tried and they played hard. And for a while, it, it seemed like you know maybe they could hang on you know, for three quarters, but it just, it just wasn't meant to be. They came back a little bit. It seemed like every time they came back, Goran, Goran Dragic hit another three or made a basket. So I was, oh, I was really impressed with the big guy. Hassan Whiteside, he's going to be all right. Yeah, he can, he's having a heck of a year. Yes. When you, when you, when you bring up the, the, uh, the, the thought that you did just a moment ago about the consistency, I think that's what we're going to see. Um, but we're going to see flashes, aren't we, David? I mean, we've seen a couple of good outings now from Luke Babbitt. Tim Frazier continues to be pretty steady. Even Tony Douglas, who had a bad night last night, has shown us over the last five that you know, he's going to have some pop-up performances as well. Um, and, and, and for me, I think that's fun to watch. Uh, would I love to see him do it on a nightly basis? Yes. Um, but at the same time, uh, in these expanded roles and with these chances perhaps that they'll never get, um, some of these guys are, are putting on a pretty decent show for us. Well, what I, what I like most is the hunger. I mean, these guys are fighting for something. The, the guys that have been paid, the superstars, and I'm, and I'm not talking about taking away anything from their hard work and how much time they put into it, but sometimes you don't see that fight and that hunger. You see there's a game on the schedule. You see they're out there in uniform, but you don't see them come and play this game like it's their last. And that's what you see out of these guys that, that don't get that opportunity. They're coming out, and they're not used to playing – 28, 33 minutes, and then turn around the next night and play 28, 33 minutes. They're used to playing 17 minutes, 15 minutes. Then one game they may play 28 minutes and then 10 minutes. So that's, that's going to be the drop-off. They're not used to playing these kind of minutes, but while they're out there, you do see them playing hard and you do see them making a good show for themselves, putting themselves on display to say, hey, look, if it's not here with the Pelicans, I, I can play this game for somebody else. So uh, I like to see that. Uh, I'm from that kind of school of thought, being the way I came in this league, fight, fight, fight. And, you know, throughout my career, I, I always felt like even when I got to that starting position, now I'm fighting for my starting position every year, every game. And that's why I always tried to go out in any condition to play because, I knew that's how I got my chances. Guys got injured, sat down, whatever. And I was able to get in there, show what I can do, and, and caught the eye of the right people. Tim Frazier is here on a 10-day contract. He's played three games so far, and like most Pelicans last night, he didn't shoot it all that well at 3 of 10. But double-figure scoring now three times, uh, including two new career highs. Uh, David, when you look at Tim Frazier right now, do you have enough to have a conversation about him, and what should that conversation be? That he is a viable option to come off the bench. 
And when I look about look at a guy that comes off the bench, I look, can he give you starting minutes? Yes. I, I think Tim Frazier can. can. Can he start for, you know, four or five games? Yes. I, I think he can. So he certainly can come off the bench. He certainly plays with a tempo, a confidence that you'd like to see in a young player. Um, I think his shot is going to get better. The more he works on it, he knows that he knows that that's probably his weakness. And so, uh, I, I think he's done a solid job in the role that that he's had to play. He's been thrust into a a unique situation where you come right out of the D League and and get right to work and, and play a lot of minutes. That's that, that's not usually the case, but he's done it and and he's done it well. And I enjoy when he's out there. I think the guys like him. I think they like the fact that he's looking for them and he can run a team. His basketball IQ seems to be um, nice and high, which you want out of your point guard. So uh, I I think, yes, uh, that's a guy that that should be around going into the future. Yep. Hey, we saw the Clippers on Sunday. We saw Miami last night. We've got Indiana tomorrow night up in Indianapolis. You come home on Saturday, it's Toronto. You've got San Antonio on the schedule for next week. David, it sure does seem like a double-edged sword for guys like you and me right now uh, with regard to this portion of the Pelicans' schedule. Uh, the Pelicans so shorthanded are up against great opponents, but but we get to see a lot of teams right now battling for seeding in the playoffs. And it's a fun time of the year. It's a fun time where you get to see teams kind of decide whether – we're going to send the big guns out there and make sure we get this win. Do we think we have enough without our big guns? Will we rest them and get them ready for the playoffs? Um, and, and I'm sure we may not see a ton of the big names down the stretch with the team that we have to present. We don't have a lot of scoring, which means that there's going to be an opportunity to steal some wins here late in the season if the guys don't bring their best, their best game because these guys do play hard. They do play with a hunger. And anytime you have that kind of situation, uh, I think you set yourself up for that letdown game. Uh, I think the Clippers did it twice in two nights, one with us and one with, uh, with Memphis. So, um, there's going to be those opportunities, but it's, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of close races, a lot of seating that can change, especially in the East where I think it's three through six, maybe even seven or just, all jumbled there together, so uh, it's going to be good, and I, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. You know, David, I kind of, using a journalism term here, I kind of buried the lead a little bit on our conversation because obviously, you know, the, the most, the biggest piece of news this week surrounding the Pelicans, uh, again, are injuries, but now more significantly with Anthony Davis. Um, what are your thoughts uh, now, a couple of days removed from, from learning that Anthony needs two surgeries? a shoulder and a knee, and he's, and he's done for the year, and, and obviously the summer, too, with regard to the Olympics? I think it's, I think it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I'm sure he was looking forward to the Olympics. I think it's uh, good because I think this season, for all intents and purposes, the Pelicans was over. You know, him being out there doing more damage to his knee is not good, and him doing more damage – to a shoulder that he's been nursing uh, for the last three years is, is not good either. So uh, this is kind of a perfect time 
for him to go have those things taken care of uh, and and hopefully come back 100%. You know, with surgery, you can never guarantee anything, but uh, he has enough time to have the surgery, rehab, play, and then start the season. So I, I think this is the time where you want to go on and have that stuff done when you're not playing for anything and you need to get some cleanup done. So I uh, certainly sad that he won't play in the, the the Olympics and represent his country, but uh, there are more important things right now that, that he has to deal with and he can get them done and be in, done in plenty of time for next season. What's your best guess on Ryan Anderson? Does he play again this season? That is a good, good question. And my first thought has been about him and North Pole that no. I think they've already uh, checked out. I've, I've thought that Ryan uh, and to some extent North Cole have been checked out. They're looking forward to to free agency. And, you know, that's just, that's just me throwing it out there, but that's kind of how I felt watching them play, watching them go about business. Um, I, I haven't seen that focus that, that I would think that, you know, you're still trying to win games here. You're, you're in the moment, in the game. Um, so uh, I don't think either one of them will come back. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Twelve games to go. Do you want to run up and give Al- Alvin Gentry a big hug, or what do, you, what do you want to tell the coach at this point? Yeah, you know, I put my hands on him every chance I get. I pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> you know, I give him a hug. He needs, he needs it. Uh, this is a rough situation to be in when you know you think back to last summer and I saw the quote that you know, this is the best opportunity and he, if he had it to do all over, he'd do it again. Um, it's a tough situation to deal with where you never really have a full slate of guys to run your system. Um, don't really have the personnel combinations and chemistry to run your system. And that's the nature of this game. You, you take a team and, and you, you try to mold them into what you do. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when you have injuries, you, you almost have no chance. And it uh, seems like all year one of the top four people have been out. And that's really difficult to deal with. Yeah, no doubt about that. David, next week will be our last Wesley Wednesday of March. Um, whether it be the Pelicans or the NBA itself, uh, we should have plenty to talk about. And uh, and you'll have seen enough of these playoff teams that I think you're going to have some pointed observations about some teams heading toward the postseason. So I'm looking forward to that. Hey, before we go, do you, who do you in the East? Do you think still that Cleveland is a surefire Finals? Bound? No, I don't. I don't. Um, the Miami team that we saw last night beat them like a drum the other night by 21 points. Uh, I think they have a fair amount of dysfunction to them, David. And and after watching Miami, and you mentioned Hassan Whiteside last night, Dwayne Wade looks healthy. He closed it for him last night. I'm not so sure that Miami might not be the favorite right now. And 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 by the time we talk on next Wednesday, we'll have seen Toronto too, and they don't get enough attention either. So. 
I'm I'm not I'm not buying yet the the Cavaliers as the uh, shoe in for the Eastern Conference representative in the finals. I've been saying that for for a few weeks now, and you know, everybody keeps going. Well, you know they're having some dysfunction, but when LeBron turns it on, he turns it on. And I'm thinking there's just enough dysfunction in, in that in that team, coaching changes and whatnot. That I don't I don't know, and this will be. This will be Lou's first time to coach in the playoffs. There can be some mistakes that that are made from a new coach that could cost them wins. I I, I think there's just enough stuff going on there that I'm I'm not so sure either. I I you know I keep listening to all the the talk shows and 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 ESPN and all that and listening to them talk about how I'm sure, you know, well, the, the West could be San Antonio and the West could be the Spurs, but in the East, we'll just pencil them in right now. Well, good thing you're using pencil. That might have to be erased. Yeah, I think that's a great launching point for our conversation next week. Again, because we'll see Toronto at the Smoothie King Center on Saturday. Good stuff, Dave. I'm glad you brought that up. It's interesting. Yes, sir. It really gets interesting. <laughs> All right, David, safe travels to the airport today. I'll see you in Indianapolis. Sounds good. Have a good day. All right. There he is, David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday. Good stuff, as always. Hey, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll kind of wrap things up here on a Wednesday in just a moment. How much do you want to lose this year? Five, ten, fifteen pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow we'll be coming to you from Indianapolis where the Pelicans are set to play the Indiana Pacers tomorrow night at 6 Central. We'll be talking about that ball game, of course. And as we mentioned uh, during John DeShazer's conversation with us today, we'll also be uh, running back some of the tape of Saints head coach Sean Payton's press conference. We'll kind of do the best of, if you will, not only tomorrow in the Black and Blue Report, but Friday too. On Friday, we have a very special guest in Brian Schweda. Uh, Brian is a member of the original New Orleans Saints team, and uh, with the 50th season of Saints football coming up, we'll start reaching back into the past and talking to those who have built, helped uh, build the uh, team's history. And why not start at the start we're very excited to talk to Brian Schweda on Friday. Uh, Brian will also uh, be sharing some uh, thoughts on the Louisiana Derby, which runs this weekend, and uh, and a perspective of his as a trainer of what we can possibly see from 
Mr. Tom Benson's uh, horse, Mo Tom, who is a probably a favorite to win the Louisiana Derby. He's up there at the top. He'll be starting in the middle of the pack, uh, you know, out of the gate on Saturday. And uh, hopefully we'll be running a good enough race to solidify his position in the Kentucky Derby. That's on Friday show. But again, tomorrow, Coach Payton and, of course, a preview of the uh, Pelicans and the Pacers. Our thanks to J.D. today, David Wesley, too. We hope that you had a good visit with us and that you have an enjoyable rest of your Wednesday, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.